sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, December 3rd. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. And as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And we'll try to put the fun and functional sports content as we do so. And Kev, I I, I don't know who had fun yesterday afternoon at 340 before the Rockefeller Center trees got their lights going on and popped. When the Baltimore Ravens go to Pittsburgh, despite, you know, cases of plenty, Marquise Pouncey was put on the list the day of the game, for goodness sakes. But remember, the priority is to get 256 into 17 weeks, and they are still on pace to do so because technically the Pittsburgh Steelers got a win to go to 11-0 against the Baltimore Ravens. 19-14 is the final Kev, I got to tell you something. This game looked sloppy on both sides. This Mm -hmm. game, you saw a lot of like little minor tweak injuries happening, which I attribute to a lack of practice time and not being, you know, in the flow. I think Jimmy Smith went down like four different times. You know, I think Marcus Peters went down like three different times. It looked like a game in a midweek. It looked like sloppy teams that maybe didn't even really want to be there. But Pittsburgh Steelers are still undefeated, Kev. So before we break down even the fact that they're undefeated and Robert Griffin and Trace McSorley both played, the COVID angle of this all, right? Because that is the story that defines this game more than any game over the course of the season. There is an aspect of this where the league did push this game back enough through an abundance of caution. They pushed this game back enough to where by the time this game was being played, The Ravens did no longer have a positive test on the day of. That is a good thing, right? I mean, and as far as a scheduling situation, Baltimore's next game being on a Tuesday and Pittsburgh's next game being on a Monday, it is a little all over the place, but it is not the worst thing in the world. So from that perspective, things worked out right like it would have been really because yesterday dane we were like hey the ravens hopped on the plane with like two positive tests. like what is happening here right but the fact that on the day of the game the ravens had all negative tests that is a legitimately good thing but sure. the quality of this game it, this is a question that you and i had posed a long time ago about mm-hmm. the actual integrity of these matchups, mm-hmm. how much we care about a competitive balance. And this is something that dates all the way back to the Patriots playing that game without Cam Newton, right? While other games earlier in the season were not on pause to the Niners playing a game with the Bills and the Titans even. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, just so on and so forth. And I mean, of course, the Denver Broncos and their quarterbacks, the Ravens missing a zillion players in this football game. 
This game, it accomplished its goal. The question that remains for me is what in the world do we do when we get to the playoffs? Because there's no way you can do this when we get to January. You can't do it. Well, Kev, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, from around the globe, big shout out to all the affiliates for getting on the grid bright and early with us. I, You know, honestly, Kev, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Okay, uh, because one of the things we heard, uh, Roger Goodell gave an interview during halftime, and I think there were two pieces of news in that interview. One is how he was, like, confident that the outbreak for Baltimore was done, and that's why, like, kind of the mechanics and the minutia of how these decisions were made. Yeah. But I think the other thing that comes out of this, and you heard him say it in the interview, it was coming out yesterday, is that the NFL, they are not going bubble for the playoffs, Kev. They are not going yeah. to go bubble. They do not think there, there's going to be some kind of single location NBA style bubble, right? So the playoffs are going to look like this. The playoffs are going to take place in what everybody is saying is going to truly be the darkest time in this country as it relates to the pandemic right after holiday travel, whatever you think about the virus, everyone thinks that is going to be like the darkness before the light at the end of the tunnel, knock on wood, God willing. Okay, so to me, Kevin, I know you've always been saying like, oh, the bubble would mean home field advantage is done, right or all. I think, mm -hmm. honestly, they showed their hand and this is what they're going to do, Kev. They're going to if if there's four games that are supposed to be played on a weekend and three of them happen without a hitch and one of them has an outbreak or a covid issue, they're going to just push it back and it's going to be a schedule imbalance. And you're going to have three teams qualified for the next round that are going to have to sit around and twiddle their thumbs to the next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, who knows when until the game can be played. It's not going to be integrity of the game. The goal will be to get them all in as we have seen with the NFL season and it's going to make it look real crazy but remember they were proactive about talking to Tampa Bay and Raymond James Stadium about having a date that was three weeks in the future and that gives them you know if you look at the playoffs on the whole that gives them the mm -hmm. wiggle room they need to in essence be kind of um not giving a damn and just getting it in the same way they're doing with the regular season. I think they have in that all the wiggle room they need to do this kind of approach for the playoffs. It's going to be tight. It's going to be real tight. It's when you put out a product like this, there's a lot of backlash. I think that comes with it. I hear you. We'll talk about what happened in the game when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line as we kind of dissect from many angles what we saw in Raven Steelers about the quality of play. I mean, Kev, on some level, don't we say that about Thursday night football? Like every week, you know, like with a uh, with a short week or the weird kind of schedule, we don't always get the best product on the field. And 
Thursday night football is to have more TV shows of the NFL as opposed to having these guys have short weeks left and right. But this was, in my opinion, an extreme. We had, you know, Deontay Johnson literally might have dropped like six balls in this game. But still, it is because Ben Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 51 times, 266 yards. Juju catches a touchdown. Uh, Benny Snell went over his rushing prop as we talked about. RG3 Mm -hmm. went over his rushing prop as we talked about i told you these steelers pass catchers look like a herd and what do you know four guys catch between six and eight balls four guys are between 35 and 55 yards that is a fantasy herd and then you know i mean on the other side of it rg3 even got banged up in the second half, yeah. it looked like he popped a hammy, you know, continued in the game until it was a little bit too late. Trace McSorley comes in. They get the one play to Hollywood Brown where a guy kind of fell down and Hollywood went to the house, you know, on the curl route. I mean, what, if anything, do you take from this game? Because I got to tell you the God's honest truth, Kev. I don't take much, you know, based on all the people who were out on both sides, whether it be offensive mm-hmm. linemen and James Conner or whether it be both running backs, Mark Andrews. Andrews, the quarterback, you know the drill, Um, offensive Mm -hmm. lineman. Like, what, if anything, do you take from this game? So there's there's a couple of things Uh, on the Pittsburgh side. Firstly, I do want to say, because I remember you and I once had a back and forth about the Steelers and the fantasy herd thing. And I remember, for, for me, it was the idea of an elite fantasy herd. But then you played the trump card of, I coined the phrase. So they're definitely a fan, they're definitely a fantasy herd, but I don't yeah. know the elite versus a regular fantasy herd. So because they're enough. obviously a fantasy herd, there's five thousand of them catching passes. So no disagreement there. The elite stuff that is where yeah. I'll allow you it's to all make good. We keep it moving. On this thing with Pittsburgh, you kind of I feel like the best thing you can say about Pittsburgh is I don't care about the game. Like, they won. Who cares? We move on. It was a Wednesday game played pretty much a week after it was supposed to be played. Right. Because the other side of this to the Steelers is they once again were spotted a pick six to start the game against the Ravens. And, like, they should have been losing at the half if not for some miserable decision. Lay it on them. From Lay the, on the Baltimore Ravens. Lay on the running I mean, back. Forget a defensive delay of game. That's interesting that they didn't do. They didn't call that. But go ahead. But, like, has John Harbaugh watched any football this year? Like, when right. that's happening, they always lay on the running back. You ran it yep. up the gut. But guess what? To be it fair gonna to get John called. Harbaugh. Like, pass interference on be, a Hail Mary. It ain't going to get called. Yeah. To be fair to John Harbaugh, the play work that he ran after and was a touchdown if Luke Wilson held on to the football. But that's not that's look, with the, with the but Steelers. They would have had another down if they had a few more seconds. One hundred percent. The field goal still after that. But anyway, go ahead. The, the thing with Pittsburgh is, and the reason why this game, I, again, I think it's more than fair to be like, listen, it's a pass for me. They won. They're eleven and zero. They still right now hold the one seed in the AFC. I just feel like it's been a while since I was personally impressed by the Steelers' performance, right? Played down to the level of competition in Jacksonville, in Dallas. That Bengals game was lost in the shuffle for me. 36-10, they did beat up on them. You know how I feel about the first matchup with the Ravens. I mean, it was pretty much since it the was Cleveland, first half it was against, Tennessee. 
No, yeah, but that's a, that is a while ago. All these teams, right? But remember, yeah. uh, we just talked about Ohio State, right? They don't even have the risk of having to get through everybody. There is something to be said that they are just getting through everybody. One one hundred percent. But those distinctions is the difference between hey, look, they're eleven and zero, and that eleven and zero football team is the team that I think wins a Super Bowl. And that is still my thing with the Steelers. And to be fair, though, with Pittsburgh, like next week they're going to play Alex Smith and Washington. It's another lose-lose. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they like, got a couple I ones think, still on their schedule. I think they yeah, have Buffalo, Buffalo. I think they have Cleveland. I think they have Indy. Those are yes, all uh, legitimate opportunities to show you 100%. percent yes, right? No, well, no 100%. And I'm not saying that they have to prove that they are good. They are clearly good. But where they rank in terms of the league's perspective, for a lot of people, they are clearly the second best team. That is not how I view this team. That's my and again, I'm more than fine with the wash our hands of this game. Who cares? One of the teams had to win. It was Pittsburgh. More than fine with it. It's just this has kind of been going on with this team now, where they just they play down. It's ugly. The defense makes enough of a plays, and they get the result. The the fantasy herd. Albeit there's some fantasy production here, the offense has woes. I was talking to Blewett last night on Endgame Live. He's like, I don't understand how we have all of the pieces that we have and then put up the performances <laughs> that we put up. How did they have to throw the ball 51 times in this game? Yeah, I mean, that is a good question, right? Like, they do, it seems like they have all the elements. Remember, I guess, you know, they had some offensive linemen down also. I'm not making excuses for them, right? No, the pieces fair. are there. The question is how they put it all together. I got to tell you something, Kev, because when we come back on the other side, I do want to talk about where does Baltimore go from here, right? Where are they in the playoff positioning? I mean, we know Pittsburgh is going to make the playoffs, right? The question mm-hmm. is, like, I think the question with Pittsburgh is do you perceive them? as a real threat to the Chiefs or not, right? Because that's really the only thing left. We know they're going to be winning the division. We know they're likely going to be the two seed, if not the one seed. We know that they will be playing into January. I got to tell you something. um, The biggest thing for me in this game, it was a sloppy game. It looked bad, right? But there is now a lingering impact for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I believe is a problem. We have talked about this Pittsburgh defense, Kev, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's good. You think it's, well, you know, capable, <laughs> let's say, right? And the other thing we always say about defense in 2020 is you need the game wreckers. You need the playmakers, yeah. right? You need to be able to do that at any given moment, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers lost one of their playmakers in this game for the rest of the season bud dupree it looks like tore his acl and will be out for the rest of the season to me kev the linchpin for why i do believe in the pittsburgh steelers why i would like to see the steelers play patty mahomes and the chiefs right is because i believe they can get pressure and the reason they can get pressure is watt and dupree okay Mm -hmm. and in a playoff game, in a tight spot, right? If I told you that a Pittsburgh Steeler made a big-time game-defining play on defense, you would probably only name two Steelers before you got to the name Bud Dupree. You would name Watt. You maybe would name Fitzpatrick. But Bud Dupree, like if I'm betting that the Steelers' defense is going to make the play, right, I need Bud Dupree in the mix for 
my bet, that take, to be valid. And Kev, I think you know this. That is part of what I'm thinking when I value this Steelers defense. The -hmm. fact that Dupree is down for the rest of the season in this game that was sloppy and, you know, the NFL maybe should have or shouldn't have played and – I think this is a real lasting implication and ripple effect for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and ultimately the Pittsburgh Steelers and could be a real differentiator, not when they're playing down to the Dallas Cowboys, but when they see a Tennessee, a Buffalo, a Kansas City, they need guys like Bud Dupree and he's down for the year, Kev. Well, and that, but see, so that's the big thing now, right? Is now when we evaluate Pittsburgh in those final three games, right? And let's say they ended up going one and two in those games, and then they win the. I mean, it's a fourteen and two team, but if they yeah. lose two of the three to the other sure. playoff teams that they're going to see on the way out, yep. it's going to raise questions, and it'll be difficult for us to decipher: is this entirely because the impact Bud is of gone, that. absolutely right, or is it? But yep. here's regardless, we have to see it for what it's going to be. So they're eleven and zero. But I think it might be fair to say there is still some things that we need to see from the Steelers to feel comfortable. Yeah, we'll talk about this more and where this leaves Baltimore when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Big shout out to all of our radio affiliates for waking up early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, breaking down what we saw on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, not for the first time in NFL history, like in the 30s and 40s, apparently, like they used to play in the on Wednesday and midweek all the time, ironically. Mm-hmm. But that's when, you know, stadiums didn't have lights and stuff like that. And there were national TV contracts to honor. But I digress. Let's get into the Baltimore side. I don't know what to take of this, Kev, because Look, I look at their leading rushers, right? RG3, not a normal player. Justice Hill, not a normal player. Trace McSorley, not a normal player. Gus Edwards, okay, fine. He goes nine carries for 10 yards. And we all know he is usually their fourth running option behind their usual quarterback, Mark Ingram, and the good old house elf, J.K. Dobbins. What can I make of it when, you know, Mark Edwards is not there? The, The Hollywood Brown, it looks like it if you look at the box score, but that's all one play, right? They weren't doing much. RG3 and Trace McSorley didn't look much. Much better than quarterbacks for New Orleans or Denver or some of these other teams that can't move the ball. So what do you take from Baltimore? It sounds like you were encouraged by certain elements of the performance from the Ravens. There there were some aspects there. I mean, first of all, for that defense that was still missing players, you keep the Steelers at 19. They made some plays. Sure. They the, the Steelers' offense was not very efficient. But again, more... Like the Steelers' offense, as the as a team as a whole, was off the mark. So that's fine. From the offensive side of Baltimore, which really is what's going to be the most important thing for this team from now until whenever their season is over, whether that is you know into mid-January or they don't even play a game in January, it is going to right. be figuring out the offensive side of the ball. You know, Justice Hill had moments where he looked like the best running back I've ever seen. I don't know how he ended up with the same <laughs> amount of carries as Gus Edwards. 
The fact that Ingram and Dobbins were active, just what a weird situation that all was. I think Hollywood Brown, who, by the way, we said take the over on because he has the ability to get you over 40 and a half yards in one play, yeah. did, and he did exactly that. He has been not producing. Just for him to, and I always use the phrase, go in the back. He saw one go in the basket. He has to feel sure. a little level of confidence leaving this game because he scored against this Even team. if it's the one that he put in the basket, the assist was from Trace McSorley instead of his actual quarterback? It brings it down a bit because him and his actual quarterback have not, no, 100% though, they have not right. seemed to be on the same page. But at least Hollywood was like, oh, okay, cool. I can still run past everybody on the field. Right. The aspect of this game that I was excited by, encouraged by, and could absolutely trick me into believing in Baltimore was the RG3 runs. Collinsworth and Tariko speaking about it on the call. That inside power run with the running back. Getting up the middle, making cuts, and making splash plays on the ground. That looked like last year's Baltimore. The Steelers seemed hopeless. I mean, <laughs> the Raven, RG3 threw for 33 yards. I mean, it, he very obviously was not going to be beating them through the air. And they were still just dialing up the power run and gashing the Steelers. And... I, I'm not going to think that RG3 knows how to run the power run read option offense better than Lamar. The offensive line was starting to block smoother, maybe, as they're adjusting for not Ronnie Stanley and Marshall Yonda's retirement. Maybe they're figuring out a little bit more chemistry on the offensive line. That one aspect of the game, Dave, and you will tell me if I am making it more important than it actually is. That aspect of the game leaves me cautiously optimistic. I need to see Lamar come back in and not only replicate it, do it better. But because it started against the Steelers, I am now very interested to see if they can carry that over and find, that's what we've been asking for all year. Can they find anything that slightly resembles last year's offense? That aspect of the game did. I hear that. Um, I still default back to I'm drawing a line through this game, Kev. Right. So, like, I don't know if that means all of a sudden that they found something and can, you know, return to their blue collar runways. Right. And then when you drop Lamar in them, all of a sudden, you know, dynamic 2019. I, I, that, I guess that's plausible. Right. But I don't know if I'm taking what I saw in this game as my rationale to believe that to be true. I just I, I can't make that bridge yet. If they continue to do sure. that. Right. Then maybe we can say they're cooking with some gas mm -hmm. like you define. So let's look at now because Baltimore is six and five. And we know in the AFC, there's a lot of six and seven win teams. So let's see now, where do the Ravens stand in the playoff picture as of now, Kev? And remember, as of now also means that as of now, there are seven teams in the playoffs in the AFC and not eight. But as of now, 
The Baltimore Ravens are on the outside looking in at six and five, tied with the Las Vegas Raiders. Our boy Steve put the Patriots on the graphic for you just to give you a smile. But let's think about this because, you know, Pittsburgh are undefeated. They're the one seed as of now. The Kansas City Chiefs are on their heels. We know about that. We have said we believe the Cleveland Browns will qualify for the playoffs. I know that they have the Jets and the Giants still on their schedule. So to me, the Browns get to at least 10. Right. We have Miami and Indy with seven. We have Baltimore and Vegas with six. You like to play the game all the time. They're going to be favored in their next four games. We're going to know. So let's do this together. Right. We've got Miami. We've got Indy. We've got Baltimore. We've got Vegas. And let's set the premise. Do you agree that those four teams are likely fighting for two spots? Let's just agree on the premise. Can we Mm -hmm. for now say that Cleveland will get in. Can we for now not consider the Patriots in this conversation and look at these four teams and see how it plays out? Are you cool with that, Kev? Uh, I'm cool with that because Cleveland, as you mentioned, a very, very giving schedule. And New England is still a game back, needs a lot of help, and is going to travel for a double up in L.A. There's no reason for me to jam them into this conversation. Well, let's see. Um, And again, we're going to do the win-loss thing real quick, right? But Mm -hmm. obviously, all of these things can change. I mean, Baltimore, they're standing at six, Kev. But their schedule looks to be not that difficult. I mean, Dallas, Jacksonville, the Giants, and Cincy all look like very winnable games for the Baltimore Ravens, assuming they are whole, right? Um, Cleveland, that's now tough. Cleveland, right? Cleveland's two games better than them. I mean, if you look at this, Kev, for Baltimore, can Baltimore get to 10? I think they can. I think they beat Dallas. I think they beat Jacksonville. I think they beat the Giants. I think they beat the Bengals in week 17. I think they can still get to to 10. So I will tell you this is part of the reason why I always like to pose the schedules to you is I have a tendency to hold up hypotheticals because I ask too many questions and I'll so forgive self-aware man. I like that. Yeah, I but I I know it's what I do, but I I can't help myself. Here's the thing with what you saw from the Ravens. If they show up with the RG3 Trace Mix Horley combo against the Cowboys. How confident mm-hmm. would you feel in Baltimore getting that result? I think they'd still be favored. I don't know. But gosh, I don't does that know. change and Ironically, that game is not on the board at our friends and partners at FanDuel, right? So fair enough. Uh, I am going to, for this exercise, call Baltimore nine and a half wins. How about that, right? <laughs> Let's give a little bit of wiggle room to see where we are. Let's do another team. The other six and five team right now who pissed away an opportunity in the Georgia Dome over the weekend is the Las Vegas Raiders. They are six and five. Let's look at what they have on the horizon. The Jets. Okay, I'll give you that one. Even though, Kev, the Raiders laid an egg at MetLife Stadium last year, and we have to remember that, and we see that the Raiders are capable of laying an egg. They did so five days ago in Atlanta. But for this exercise, right? Okay, the Mm -hmm. Jets. The Colts, not easy. The Chargers, some people may think are easy. I sure as hell don't. Miami in a huge what could be playoff eliminator. And then Denver. That sounds to me like three and two, question mark. 
Well, so this is the big thing about this schedule. Right. We have to pick the specific Raiders-Miami game. Yeah. You can't get this, unfortunately, you can't get out of this one. And I think the way you do it is much more efficient, probably, than, and maybe even accurate, because I'll try and go exactly exact. You can't get out of this one by just going blanket three and two, though, because two of them are against teams on this graphic. The tough thing for Vegas. I can't believe I didn't have Atlanta as almost like a best bet last week. Because you and I always talked about Vegas traveling the Gruden-led Raiders to a 1 o'clock East Coast start time. It's always a mess. It's always (laughs) a mess, right? Now, what happened against Atlanta was maybe one of the biggest messes of this season. Let's play 37 points. It's outrageous. They were favored in the game. Against the Jets, though, because of that letdown against Atlanta, I would be surprised to see them lose that game. Because I initially thought they were very live to lose that game. But for them to lose both would be wild. Week 17 at Denver, it's almost tough to cap the 17 game. Because how much does it matter, right? That you know, And that varying degree will change the equation. The three home games are the toughest games on the slate. I, at the moment, with what I've seen from Vegas at home, can absolutely be talked into them winning both of those games. And I think, similarly to you, I think that that stretch right there of three games, I can go two and one. That's the stretch that matters. The three home games in a row. Fair enough. So let's just remember this. Kevin likes the Raiders in those games against Indy, against Miami. We'll look at Miami and Indy on the other side of the break, and we'll fill out this playoff picture. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line where we're trying to make sense of a very jumbled AFC wild card picture. We think Baltimore, the schedule kind of smiles on them in the month of December, an early Christmas present for Harbaugh, because we still think even now at six and five, there's a good chance he can get to nine or ten. We wonder, is nine or ten going to be enough? We look at the Raiders schedule, right? And ironically, they may be the linchpin, Kev, right? Because they have games on week 14 against Indianapolis, who are also on this graphic. Week 16 against Miami, who are also on this graphic. The way the Raiders perform in those two games are really going to be a huge part of the story, right? In week 14 and in week 16... We have de facto playoff games because not only of what it'll do to the records of the Colts, Raiders, and Dolphins, but the head-to-head tiebreaker uh, benefit of those games, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think right now, trying to dice through the tiebreakers in the AFC is is a bit of a headache because, I mean, even the one seed, we were trying to figure that out yesterday, like what the Steelers' wiggle room is to hold off the Chiefs, and it's a whole... Hmm. I mean, it's a whole head-spinning exercise. But at the end of the day, we all know head-to-head matchups matter a ton. So for Vegas to have – and listen, if 
The funny thing is, if Vegas were traveling for those two games, they'd be blessed to get a split. But being able to host both gives them such an opportunity that that's and you know what Dan it's funny but it was a couple weeks back where I, I I said and I agreed with you I said I don't view Vegas as this great team I view them as a team though that can get through their schedule and mm. as we put these teams you know up against one another my consideration yeah. for Vegas and as we get to Miami the lack thereof is entirely schedule dependent Okay, fair enough. You mentioned Miami. I want to look at Indy, though, real quick, okay? Because Indy, okay. we know they have a game against the Raiders, right? Um, mm-hmm. They have a game at Pittsburgh week 16, right? So that's going to be maybe I give them a loss, right? But look at the rest of their yeah. games, okay? They see the Houston Texans twice, including this week, right, where we all know the Texans are still trying to figure out who the hell to play at wide receiver still, right? They play the Texans twice in the next three weeks and then they get Mm -hmm. the gift of week 16 against the jacksonville jaguars team that probably will be trying very hard to lose to potentially keep up with the jets kev that's that's three games right there if they get those three that's 10 for indy that's above the nine and a half we talked about for baltimore the nine we got to for vegas it looks to me like indy has a path to 10 and that's not even counting their tilt against vegas i I want to say the Colts are going to be one of these two teams. So the reason why I like the Colts to be one of the teams is because I told you I like what they're doing. I am not all that bothered over what happened in that game against Tennessee. It is difficult to beat a team like that twice in three weeks. Very had five starters down also, remember, with COVID-related right. issues. Ironically, though, I view this schedule a little bit more difficult than you, I think. Because the Houston games are two and three weeks. Watson taking one of those games off the Colts, very plausible. Vegas being able to handle their business at home against the Colts, of course, plausible. And then the Steelers, at the end of the day, can certainly get that game. I look at this game again. The Colts losing to the Jags a second time. I can't. Imagine a world. They get to nine at least, right? They get one off Houston. They get to Jackson. Correct. That's nine. 100%. 100%. Funny enough, though, Dane. Right? So you look at games. It it matters so much. And and I'll just say this. It'll be my lone Patriots point here. If you look at this cult schedule, right? And you factor in that the, the games before this were Green Bay and the Titans again, it's part of the reason I thought the Pats were still alive because I viewed that cult schedule as a bear. And I think it is still difficult. But to your point, nine feels like the floor. But ten also feels like the ceiling. That's possible unless these teams and they're kind of round robin. One of them, you know, if if the Raiders beat both of the Colts and the Dolphins, then they can get to 10. I think we see a path for Baltimore to get to 10. So I could yes. see six and seven in the AFC both being 10 and six with Cleveland yeah. potentially 11 and Definitely. five. But the last one I want to look at is Miami. OK, we know Miami will see Vegas. Right. right. So we know about that as a huge linchpin game of these four teams, Kev. I think Miami's got the toughest road to hoe. Okay, I'll give you the jet. Uh, I'll give you the fact that they gotta see Cincinnati this week, right? That smells like a win to me. Kansas City smells like a loss, 
at Buffalo smells like a loss because I believe Buffalo will have three, four seeds, something to play for. And then we're talking about games against the Vegas Raiders, who are on this graphic, and the New England Patriots, you know, uh, who, whatever, call it what you want, is no gimme either way. Kev, I see less gimmies for the Dolphins than I see for the Ravens when they have Jacksonville and the Giants and the Bengals, for the Colts when I see Jacksonville and two Houston teams, for the Raiders when I see Jets and Denver. Mm -hmm. I don't see many gimmies for the Dolphins, okay? So I'm going to say this. I think Baltimore can slide on in. And then Mm -hmm. I I can't wait to see Raiders-Colts on week 14, Kev. That's a playoff game in my opinion. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. As it pertains to Miami, they weren't supposed to And they're to doing be this with Tua. They're doing this with Let Tua me. also. Let's not forget about that, right? Are they? Like, that's, that's another what, issue That's what I'm me. saying. Like, that, in essence, the I, fact that you have that question is another reason yeah. why Miami 100%. getting through this schedule. Like, Derek Carr laid an egg, but he's still the fifth highest rated passer Correct. in the NFL right now, right? Correct. The Indianapolis Colts, okay, maybe they lose some of these games, but I have confidence in, like, that defensive and offensive line. I actually think they're the type of team that could give Pittsburgh a loss because of the way they are built, if you want to know the truth right so mm-hmm. Miami is also doing this with some uncertainty at quarterback and what I would describe as the toughest schedule of the four I agree I think it's the toughest schedule of the four I also I don't love what they're selling because of the quarterback situation and my point of they basically they weren't supposed to be on the graphic because they have like that stretch where they played the Rams at Arizona and the Chargers, I remember, I was like, I was like, dang, I thought they were going to lose all of these games. They've won all of those. Right. Like, and that is what's allowed them to be here. But I like the thing, the one. So let me give, let me give a try and give a positive spin for a Dolphins fan because I, I see it the same way. They should get the job done against Cincinnati. That gets you to eight. If the prereq is nine instead of ten, you only need one of those games. You only need one, and. Could they're Miami home against New England? They do well, well that, against the Pats in South Florida. They always they sure do. do. Even the Hail Mary, Gronk couldn't tackle somebody. That does yeah. happen, people. And Flores knowing Bill. And, and 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 let's put it like this: So they beat Cincinnati. They beat New England at home. That gets them to nine. If Miami is in a situation game on the horizon where it's at Vegas and at Buffalo to close this season, again, I think they're dogs in both games. At the moment, I'd pick them to lose both games. But Dane, if it's you need to win one of your next two and you're in the playoffs, you then have as good of a shot as anybody on this graphic. So is Miami right now the low man for both of us? Yes, they are. And I think even Dolphins fans, if you look at this graphic, which is, by the way, beautifully put together by the graphics team, absolutely A-plus stuff here. But if you look at this graphic... It's hard not to be the low man on Miami unless you are low on the other three teams. Like, schedule-wise, it's pretty clear. But if you are lower yeah. on the other three groups, here's the craziest thing, Dane. The, the Ravens have lost four of five. I feel like they are comfortably the team I am most confident in getting to ten wins. You know, I was going to say something akin to that, uh, slightly different, though. What I was going to say is... Wow, if Baltimore had won yesterday, 
Wow. If Baltimore had won yesterday and they are seven and four, not six and five with this schedule moving, you know, I would be saying instead of these four teams playing for two spots, it may be closer to three teams playing for one Baltimore. Really all they needed was one of that stretch when they haven't really been looking good. And, you know, because of the schedule that lies before them, they could have been uh, not necessarily in the catbird seat, right? Because they'd still be behind Mm. Cleveland. The Colts would still be there. Um, And there are some games where they can trip up, right? Like we can't just write in wins or losses for the rest of the season, even though we just spent the last 15 minutes almost, doing so we're trying to give you the context of strength of schedule because this is very very tight i don't know if our friends and partners at FanDuel are still gonna hang any make miss playoffs odds but you can use this to think Mm -hmm. about where they may come and you know in the nfc we're talking more about seeding in the afc we've got you know like you said Teams that are going to go nine and seven likely will be on the outside mm-hmm. looking in. Meanwhile, an NFC team at, you know, five and 11 or six and 10 may qualify yeah. from the good old NFC East. Let's look now at a couple of these games in week 13. We've, you know, it's, it's Thursday, Kev. <laughs> week 13 is already on and popping. We always yeah. look at, you know, and here's the interesting stuff. Okay, let's look. At uh, one of these teams, the Miami Dolphins, they're laying a huge number against Cincy this week. What do you think about these Dolphins? 11 and a half is the spread in this one. We got a lot of big spreads this week, Kev. Vikings, because, you know, some of these teams are piss poor, right? Giants aren't trying yeah. to don't have a quarterback. The Jags ain't trying to win. In general, Kev, in the same way you know I like to lean to the home dog getting points, right? In general, when you see spreads at this number, right? Are you generally like, yeah, that team is good enough, they'll surpass it? Or are you in general like, that's a lot of points? Or are you in general like, I ain't touching this kind of number? So, first of all, I think a lot of times people will say, oh, that's a lot of points. And it'll be like seven. Like, eh, like double digits no, is, is when yeah. we need. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Double digits is when we need to toss around. That's a lot of points. And if you look at it, okay. right, there are four teams that are laying these numbers. They are quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, so I already know two of you. There's absolutely a 0% chance I will be laying the... Can we also acknowledge that the Vikings have completely reverted back to not being an 18 team machine at home against non-division mm. opponents? Like, that trend yeah. has not worked at all. No cover against Dallas. No cover against yeah. the Panthers. And there's been a bunch of other... A bunch of other spots. They miraculously covered in a one-point loss to the Titans. What a weird thing that was. But I can't do it with Cousins. I'm not going to do it with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Chiefs are laying 14 points. It's a number that they they decide to me. It's up to them if they cover that number. But I'd rather not lay 14. I'd rather play a team total. If I had to lay it with one of these teams, it'd be Seattle against what I believe is going Mm. to be Colt McCoy. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to give people extra caution about that Denver KC game. Okay. And here's the one thing I'll say. Um, Unlike any of the other games on that graphic, that's a game in division. Okay, and I do think that that matters when you talk about a number this big. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Okay, but remember, the Raiders in their division got them. And even when they lost, it was close. Do you remember the Justin Herbert debut against the Kansas City Chiefs? 
was also yeah. close in division. They blew out Denver last time around, but eh, in a division, I don't know if I'm giving up that many points, okay? We'll also look at some other games you may have to get on early. We call it Watch for the Hook. We'll talk about that when we come back to finish up hour number one on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. And, you know, with the biorhythms of the NFL week being thrown off like crazy from Thanksgiving all the way to Wednesday afternoon football, guys, it's Thursday. So we have to look at, you know, week 13 games. Kevin and I only have a couple of hours left to talk to you this week as we put the fun and functional sports content. We look at games usually where we expect the hook to arrive or disappear. And there are some games like that. In this week, let's look at some of them. And what do you know? There's one, Kev, that involves one of our AFC wildcard contenders, the Colts, going on the road to the Houston Texans, laying three. Is this something you're comfortable with? Is this something you think will get to two and a half, three and a half? Where do you think this movement will go? And remember, the Colts are one of the teams we are focused on, Kev. How do you see this one playing out? I will remind you, by the way, just real quick. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor, who you know is vital to the Colts' run game, has been activated yeah. off the virus list. Oh boy! Well, that's well. You don't want anyone to have the virus, so I, I want to let people know that no, you know we obviously course. set up our we. No, no, I know. I'm just saying. But Jonathan Taylor is terrible. It's what it is. But I, I, I will. I want to let people know we we set up our graphics. We set up the rundown. But things change overnight. That is simply out of our control. There's actually been a lot of movement here. So A-plus job Ooh. by us identifying the games where you needed to watch for the hook. L- lower grade on being ready for it to mess up all of our graphics, though. So I'll just give people the updates. The Saints are now laying two and a half. That's a massive move instead of being That's on the number. The Raiders That's why are you watch for the hook. That's why you try to get 100%. these things early. 100%. <laughs> the Raiders are laying a full eight points now. A little bit less significant. The right. Rams still laying three, but that is at plus 104, meaning, you know this, Dane, two and a half, very well could be coming around. On the horizon. And the, and the Colts number is now three and a hook. Incredibly mm. enough, and again, A-plus job identifying these games, they've all had some movement to them, all possibly changing how people are going to want to take these games. You know what I think is interesting because we were looking at some double-digit spreads as well and some of the spreads that were at 10 are now down at 8 for NFC East teams. I really wonder if, like, the betting public hasn't turned their attention to this week yet and then all did and moved the numbers yesterday. Hour number two, Mm -hmm. up next. 